Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Doc's Point of View Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Trey. And today, Elvis and I, that's his first name, you heard it correctly, we catch up. Um, we He used to be in my platoon. He was one of my sailors. Uh, I like to think of we had a, a friendship, a mentor-mentee type thing, too, um, in the workplace. But we kind of got separated in our command when he got tasked out to another unit and deployed. And this conversation you're about to hear is just us catching back up. We talk about some stuff that he's gone through. Uh, we talk about FMF, as always. And his current path is he's about to go to C-School. He's got respiratory C-School orders. Uh, he picked up some rank while he's here. You know, the same old stuff that you see with people who are doing good things. You ever been walking through the Navy Exchange and wonder why all the Naval Pride and Heritage gear is horrifically ugly and you wouldn't actually wear it? Have you ever wanted some really cool gear and you just don't know where to go? Well, I got you, fam. Go to dgutsapparel.com immediately. Get yourself some Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. Uh, we're working on new designs all the time, open to ideas. We're trying to create a brand that uh, lets you display that pride, but doesn't make you cringe. Uh, also, if you're willing to and you're able to, please go to patreon.com slash podcast, pick one of the five tiers and become a patron today. So please enjoy the conversation. All right, welcome. We've been dodging each other for quite some time. Things sometimes don't play out, but but you're worth being on here. So oh. we finally, uh, <laughs> nice. Finally, uh, we're finally here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try at a introduction. Sure. You're an, you're an HM3. Indeed. Freshly qualified. Indeed. You first your first duty station was a mega blue side hospital. Indeed, the most mega. I feel. And then you went, or you came here. Indeed. Your first green side. So you have a typical blue to green shore to sea rotation. Yes. And you're a quad zero. Yes. Proudly. I should know all that. I mean, I've been around you for the last two years. so. Uh, <laughs> and you should have seen the package once or twice. Come by. If I didn't see the package, I don't know how you got accepted. I'm ninja. Yeah. <laughs> So that was your introduction from my perspective, but tell me, tell me why you joined the Navy and kind of walk me through those first couple of duty stations and kind of just share your experience so sure, far. Absolutely. Um, in my particular case, uh, the Navy was a necessity. Um, joining later in my years at 28, um, didn't have a lot of options to fall back on. I've had just gotten released from my job at the time. And, um, Again, I didn't have any options, so I was like, I wanted to enlist when I was 18. I didn't miss that opportunity, so I took it at 28. Um, no other branch wanted to take me. They were like, you're too heavy set. And the Navy was like, we love you just the way you are. Um, and I only wanted to do medical. I wanted to do, I wanted to be a corpsman, um, except nothing less. Um, thankfully, they had a, an opening fairly soon from when I started the process, left and uh it was rocky, um, the adjustment of having freedom for that long, 
being older um, and then having to kind of step back and listen to authority. Um, but um, did a lot of learning since I was it was one on one with a provider doing those procedures. Um, and then coming here, it was a complete 180. Um, just being doing admin, doing desk work, numbers and things. So that was the more challenging part to feeling like you were like giving more to the service by doing procedures to just doing numbers on a desk. That was a little tough for a little bit, but we jumped over that hurdle and doing pretty good now. I could, I could definitely see that because you did have a rough patch. Indeed. Mentally and emotionally. 100%. And it was very good to see you come out of that. I appreciate that. It was, and it was honestly like primarily my fault. Um, I was just trying to swim against the current and then just to learn that you'll get tired and probably drown. So. I want to touch on the, the, so you were like upper 20s. Mm-hmm. 28 when I signed when my you papers. Signed your papers. Mm-hmm. What was, you had one job from when you got out of high school till 28 or were you doing like a bunch of different? From, I, I, have, I was a general manager of a restaurant for four years. So I had, that was pretty steady. Okay. Um, so I had work ethic. I've had work experience. Um, it's just. Isn't a general manager at a restaurant pretty, uh, it's a career yes. level mm-hmm. job, right? I mean, Absolutely. you can live off that and do just fine. Absolutely. I was, uh, yeah, I was top. Um, I was making 45 a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing pretty good, honestly. Um, just that the progress that the restaurant was expecting wasn't happening as fast. So they let me go, and it was at that point where everything kind of just snowballed and um, where I needed to do something else to be able to make it. Okay. Do you think that – because I recently just published a episode about a a guy that had become a department manager Mm -hmm. of a retail store, and he didn't translate to the Navy well. Mm Mm-hmm. And it came to bite him in the butt, but he got over that hurdle and had to readjust. So he had a hard time adjusting to the military authoritative style workplace. Definitely since he was on the other side of the table and he was usually the one giving the orders Mm. or telling people what to do every day, right? Do you think that was hard for you to go from a manager role to bottom of the totem pole? It was, 100%. One would like to think that um, going through the experience and even even meeting up with somebody that may be of higher rank but younger, um, you would like to think that you'd be like accept it and just do it. Um, but it can be difficult at times um, because you we have I had the mentality of um, I'm older I should know how something should work in a certain way um, when definitely and in a lot of occasions it wasn't that way it was just me being hard headed. <laughs> I think that's usually what it comes down to is that you just don't want to adapt Yes. and understand that you have to. And I think that would be a hard thing. If, if I got out right now, I'm, I'm not going to be at the level or status that I am now. Yeah. If I went and joined a civilian employer, mm-hmm. I'd be the bottom guy. And I could see where that would be very, very difficult. It was. And I think it's just a personal flip of a switch somewhere mm-hmm. to you know, 
take orders and be part of the team. Accept it. Absolutely. Accept I mean, it. it makes it easier. Like stop swimming against the current. You're going to get tired and drown. Just swim with it. It'll be a lot. It's a, it's a more comfortable experience. I never saw that mentality. From no. you. <laughs> I never saw a, I hard headed. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, I guess like more specifically, like the pin, the FMF pin, um, it just, in my head, I was like, I, psh, you, you, I'm not going to get this. And I was going against it as hard as I could. It's like, I, it's not necessary, blah, blah, blah. Just myself, putting myself down. Um, I just needed to accept it. And then and from that moment when I accepted it, it as a lot of stress off my shoulder. So they're just a better outlook. Yeah, well, I want to get into that later. Yeah. Once we get to, you know, your time here. Sure. So where did you work in uh, the hospital, your first command? You uh, said gastro? Yeah, gastroenterology, correct. And what was the typical day for a corpsman? For us, we were hand-in-hand in hand with the provider. Um, you'll go in into the room with cases, pretty much a search tech, because you'll handle the, the tools and, and pulling the polyps and tracking the tissue and stuff like that. For audience purposes mm-hmm. what kind of cases are we talking about for um, gastro? upper endoscopy and lower endoscopies okay mm-hmm. so colonoscopies and egds food impactions anything upper bleeds lower bleeds finding it a lot of uh, remote controls and cameras actually no all handed all manual i thought they have a remote control on the handle for that just to, just for the tip yeah that's so what i'm talking you, about okay yeah. and there's a camera at the end then yes yes okay <laughs> we're saying the same thing yes okay Mm-hmm. Remote control, which means it's a separate. That's a bad term. <laughs> right on. Yes, yes, yes. My bad. No problem. Bad, bad terminology. But yeah. You use the you 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 the forceps. You manually handle those. Like insert them. The doctor will pull it. You'll get a tissue collected. Right. What kind of tissue it is? Pathology and stuff. I find it interesting that you know for typical general surgery and ortho orthopedic surgery and that kind of stuff you. You want surge techs in there, mm-hmm. trained surge techs, which have like legit certifications, right? Certainly. But you work in gastro and you do kind of the same thing. You do sterile supply, right? Correct. Because you have to clean those the instruments, the mm-hmm. scopes. Right. I even had to do that when I worked in ENT because well. scopes go uh, into the body as well. And they have to clean those. And we had our own, not portable, but we had a scope uh, sterilizer in the clinic. Mm-hmm. So it didn't get sent down to yeah. central, you know, supply, but our instruments would. Mm-hmm. But why do we, so I find it interesting, like, all right, so if I'm in an actual OR, I have to have a search tech, but in these smaller niche clinics, like gastro and stuff, mm-hmm. where colonoscopies and all that stuff, we just have regular corpsmen. Uh, during my time, um, the providers were trying to submit um, to the Navy to make a gastroenterology like C school for a tech. Oh, really? Absolutely. Because I don't, I wouldn't agree. I wouldn't disagree with that because it takes, it takes a lot. And once you've like become proficient, you know how we were supposed to like rotate through different clinics. Mm-hmm. If you're proficient and good enough, you're, you're, you're stuck because they don't want to waste their time and resources training somebody new to having to learn the forceps sizes and the process of helping them. Which is both good and bad. Yeah. Bad for you, long term. Yes. Good for the clinic, long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree with those <laughs> ideas. I also disagree with them because <laughs> if you're good at your job, you get stuck places. Yeah, it's pretty typical anywhere you go. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. So, and I would assume in that workspace, it's a bunch of like lower level corpsmen. And there's probably like a second class. ALPO work center soup something, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Because usually, well, not usually, but the way I've seen it, because I worked in ENT, so it's the same directorate uh, at my hospital. You'd have a first class that was in charge of like multiple small clinics like that. And then there'd be like a second class inside each of those as a work center soup of some sort. Um, we had, yeah, we had the first class. Or was class. yours big? Oh, yeah, but you were at a bigger hospital. Yeah, we're in DMS. So well, you were probably, you probably had a much larger, uh, a larger population of coworkers. Yes, absolutely. Because the, the gastro that I was a part of, or not, or worked uh, alongside, there's like five corpsmen. Yeah, we had a little bit more than that. Yeah. Like seven, eight. Um, just for the post um, recovery, being inside the rooms, the duty person. Um, and we even had an advanced uh, corpsman that would do other, but a more advanced scope. I never got to learn that one, but. Yeah. Yeah. I recently had a family member have to go, like, do that type of procedures. Mm-hmm. And in the civilian world, they're, like, very. They have that that stuff like down pat. Yeah, I drop the person off. They go in a couple hours later. They're out. Yeah, but it's kind of scary because they just dump them in your car, like still half sedated. Mm-hmm. Well, not well, not really. They're not sedated, yeah. but they're still loopy. Yes, um, and can't walk on their moderate own. Moderate sedation can can affect people differently. Um, we've had patients that would take three four hours to actually snap out of it. Um, yeah. For me, when I had my colonoscopy, it was within forty minutes. I was up and ready to go. Yeah, I, I recently had surgery. Uh, I won't say where, but uh, I got a spinal sedation. Mm. So like a, uh, gosh, I can't even remember the word. Epidural? Yes. Yeah. It's like an epidural, but they don't, they don't maintain it. They oh. just, they go in, they sedate or apply the anesthetic, and then they pull the needle out. Whereas the epidural is like, it's like an IV. A drip. Yeah. Okay. A drip, right? For like labor and delivery. Mm-hmm. I had that. And as I'm laying on the table, because you're still awake, mm-hmm. they may have gave me meds at that point or before. So I wasn't so uptight. Mm-hmm. They have you bend over, right? So you're, in the, you're on the table sitting and you're bending over and they put it in. They put it in your back mm-hmm. and it hurts. I'm not going to lie. It, it wasn't comfortable. That sounds awful. I wouldn't say it hurt. It was like a pinch. Yeah. Like typical needles, right? And my leg jumped off the table. Mm. And they all they all looked at me like, are you all right? Like, yeah. well, well, hold up. <laughs> no, uh, hurt. If you're asking me if that's not okay, then I don't think it's okay. <laughs> and uh, then uh, the the... The anesthesiologist was like, all right, just a couple more seconds. And then they, my leg jumped again. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, but this, I'm already like, like somewhat mm-hmm. out of it or whatever. And then I had to lay on, on my stomach on the table and then they, they gave me propofol. Okay. And it burned from my hand all the way up to my shoulder, mm-hmm. which depending, it depends on the patient. Like so sometimes a hand IV for a propofol? Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. They usually go for AC just because the vein there is uh, a little bit better for for the causticness of propofol. But 
I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks yeah. uh, for letting me know that. Absolutely. Now I have to, yeah. Every hospital is going to do things differently. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big, strong boy. I think I can take it, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Military member, right? Yeah. They don't care what, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Your hand veins, I don't care about them. No. So, but for real, it's, it burned. I mean, it's tolerable. Yes. Like, it was enough to me, like, hey, is it supposed to be like that? Yeah, like, She's like, yeah, it's okay. No. And then I just kind of went out. Because yeah. <laughs> by the time I hit my shoulder, I was like pretty much down. I was, mm-hmm. I was out. And I woke up and I was pretty much good. No, I wasn't good. I was very loopy. Okay, yeah. Coming out of like legit. They didn't say it was, I was fully under, which okay. is what confused me because I was given propofol, mm-hmm. which usually knocks you out. Absolutely. That's, that's, you already need assistant airway. I did at that point. Okay. That's no. interesting. No, I didn't have assisted airway. Because I told, because it was either the spinal and light sedation mm-hmm. or full blown sedation and assisted airway. Right and I was like, I don't want assisted airway. Okay. So they flipped me over after the spinal. So my legs are numb. Yeah. And then, um, then yeah, they gave me the, the little white. Medicine, the milky, the milky stuff. Drip. Yeah, that's interesting. And then I went night night. Yeah, that for sure. Dude. No, no fighting it. You was, so, you're not gonna uh, win. It was probably the best sleep I've ever had. Yeah, and I woke up. I didn't know who I was, where I was. <laughs> Just that you were feeling good for a little bit. Yes. Yeah, I was real chatty, as most are. Yeah, I, I don't want to ever have surgery again. Yeah. Well, hopefully you don't. No, let's just keep it to this and and never again, so that. It doesn't happen. So did you work gastro your whole time at that hospital? All two years, three years? I two to three, yeah. usually two years for first mm-hmm. two station. That blows. I dug it. Because you're proficient and you liked it? Mm-hmm. I, there's, there's, I already had my schedule. I knew what was coming. I knew what to do on the daily. I was so proficient. I, I would um, instruct the newcomers on duty. Um, and I, uh, when I was going through duty, I never called anybody for assistance or anything. And it would just, I was the, the guy. I love That's it. good though. Yeah. You have a fulfillment if you're at that level. Absolutely. I, I, yes, I felt. And I'm going to go on a limb here. It's probably why you didn't do so hot when you first got here. Correct. I felt like I was doing something that mattered. <laughs> yeah. And I, I fully understand that. It's, it kind of sucks because what we do here does matter, but it's a different matter. Yes. It's different as every command is different. Yeah, it's my first command. I, I have worked three or four different places in two years. That's, well, okay. Yeah. But th- by request. Oh, you okay. I see. I think it should be standard every 12 months. Mm-hmm. You should be given that opportunity. Okay. And if you don't want to change, just stay where you're at. But if you do want to change... Hey, I have three different departments open. Where do you want to go? At certain ranks, I won't say which ones. Uh, <laughs> you, they, they usually rotate every twelve months. I see. Yeah, upper ranks. They usually rotate every twelve months. I see. Not always, but if if you ever notice, if you were like when I was in color guard, I was color guard for four years. I had of those four years, I had three different chiefs. Wow. Sorry, I had three different upper leadership. <laughs> uh, I see. So why don't we do that at the lower ranks? You know what I'm saying? I get that. I mean, and then it's helpful because then you get to learn a little bit more than what may be on the test than just read your bibs. 
no, maybe how about you put me in dental for a little bit so I can learn about teeth or I, I hope one day the test changes. I agree. I, I really do. I, I wish it was more categorized. I wish there were instead of different NECs, we had different HM blank, HM blank, mm-hmm. right? I see. CTR, CTI, yeah. CTN. And they all probably have their own. Yeah, they do. They have their own bibs and tests, right? Yes. I'm assuming. I haven't actually looked it up. So if I'm wrong, sorry. Yeah, it's fine. But uh, why can't we have a HMS for surgical tech, HMR for respiratory, yeah. HM blank because it's a quad zero? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like a, That's a little bit more like. Which realistic. would be no different than an NEC, but that would allow. And this is, these are all just you know, our far right ideas here. But if you did it that way where we had our own rate, you could have a different test. And then you could be like, all right, our surge tech community is undermanned, so we need to make more. So there's going to be a higher quota for surge techs versus every man for themselves. Yes. Because what if I, someone probably can explain it to me at some point. I'm sure I'll get told I'm, I'm real dumb in the matter, and I don't know. <laughs> I'm hoping I'm going to learn a little bit more because of where I'm going next. Yeah. It's it's very billet-based and admin and stuff. You don't you, the way we do tests right now. It doesn't. It's not controlled by how many techs we have in each community. It's just Corman. We yes. have four hundred quotas for E six promotions. Okay. What about what if a hundred of them are search techs? Well, now you have a lot of search tech HM ones, right? Yeah. Or any other rate or any rank. It just seems weird to me. Um, I agree wholeheartedly because I've, I've never seen a mouth and you're going to ask me 30, 40 questions on teeth. I don't know. Dental is very specific or very, I, I think dental will be the first one you could say HM, uh, D, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or there used to be DTs, yes. right? Uh, I guess that's more appropriate. Yeah. That's <laughs> HMDs. I like HMDs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think we should. I think things should change. But I'm always I'm always on here talking about how we should change things. I'm probably a broken record at this point. But it's a, it's a, an idea that makes sense. So I agree with it wholeheartedly. I mean, the way we do it now makes sense too. Because if you're a corpsman, you're a corpsman. Your NEC is just a specialty that you work primarily, but you're still a corpsman. So I should corpsman do. quotas. I I agree. And I'm sure that's the answer I would get. <laughs> yeah, and and they would say, and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you're 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 in a duty station where you do it a lot of admin, but hey, you should know teeth, you should know bones, you should know. With that being said, I don't think it's that hard to score well on an advancement exam. It isn't. I actually like attempted this time around and uh How was it? Really good. I felt that the questions uh I want to say we're a little bit more relatable. Um, I just knew I, I, I recognized more. So that was, that was pretty cool. Is, is it because you're seasoned? You've taken yes. a few questions, yes. taken a few tests. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, I noticed a big change in the test from when I didn't care and just took it and then complained a lot about how it's hard. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> As you know? we all, yes, I think. Come on. <laughs> uh, and then I started studying and I was like, this test is pretty easy. Yeah. Now I know not everyone's going to be like, I studied for two months and it was easy. Of course not. Everyone's different. Yeah. Some people legit don't do well in tests. They get scared and they get nervous and whatever. Mm-hmm. And they freak out and they're 
whatever happens inside their head happens. Blanks. Yeah. Blank. Some people are like very focused and they're like, I studied this and, you know, and they give you the bibs. The bibs are pretty basic. And after doing two weeks of teaching EAP this last month, if a majority of those bibs are like anywhere from a page to 12 pages. Oh, good. That's not hard to read, 12 pages. Absolutely not. But surely there's more than one or two bibs. Yeah. (laughs) And then the Corman manual is the biggest bib, which is however many hundreds of pages. Sure. And the majority of the test is from the Corman manual. So, yeah, it, it, it is a shot in the dark of what you study. Yeah. But if you if you study all the other bibs that are very easy, then you know those are questions you're going to get right. Yeah. And sometimes it's as simple as just knowing the name of the bib. That's true. As to know, like if it asks you questions about, if there's a bib on malaria and it asks you a question about if you get bitten by this whatever and you, you contract these symptoms, what possible disease did you contract? It's not jaundice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I read a bib about malaria. Yeah, that's must you be it, yeah. I can't even remember right now. I probably sound dumb. I can't remember if malaria is contracted by bugs or animals. It is. Okay, Most cool. Certainly. I remember something. Yeah, so I, I can see how you, you had fulfillment at your first command. You liked it. Mm-hmm. I bet you would have probably have liked to stay there for a long time. Uh, uh, yes. And then you got uprooted because you signed the dotted line and mm-hmm. said I'm in the military. I must do as told. Correct. Yeah. I've heard the ideas of people saying, why don't we stay in places longer? Because of continuity. Like that right because once someone gets really good at something or really well versed in that area and then you uproot them and you throw in the new guy things have to recycle sure for the member and the clinic like the clinic is what i'm really talking about the clinic gets new people all the time it's just continuously training new people which it's good that a lot of people are trained in different areas but at the same time what about the patient yeah do you want the new guy getting trained to do whatever procedure on you. Yeah. Not really, but I mean, if you're trained well, it shouldn't go wrong. <laughs> That's fair. But yeah. if I, if I went to a clinic and I, obviously they brought in the med student and they're like, this is his first time. Oh, that's terrifying. Which they would never tell you that. But oh, they, I mean, sometimes they do. Yeah, they do. So, <laughs> when, when, when we had, um, we've had nurses come in fresh it's like, oh, we never practice IVs. It's like, oh, the corpsman will let you practice. Yeah. And we sure enough did. I don't agree with that. <laughs> Touchy subject, IVs yes. for yeah. me. Uh, okay, so then you left there and you went to a greenside unit. Mm-hmm. And what was the role that you got put into when you first got here? Off the rip here, um, I didn't have any collateral. I was just one of the quad Platoon. zeros ready to go to do something. Were you put straight into the platoons? Yes. Um, I was just there. Um, sure. They had so you just training. quads there on a platoon mm-hmm. ready to set up the echelon of care we have. Correct. And get uh, sent out for taskers and whatnot. Correct. And did you go anywhere, get tasked out? I, I did. Okay. So you got tasked to a COVID mm-hmm. site. Which that was awesome. I had a really good time on that too. You had a good time. Getting tasked to oh well that makes sense because you're actually treating patients. Correct. I had I had a task. I had a goal that I had to meet each day. And you're a very simple person. <laughs> Give you a patient. <laughs> yes. Just let you it. be proficient in there, and you're gonna be happy. Let me do anything. We need more people like you. 
I appreciate that. I would love to have more of me to give. <laughs> uh, we need less people worried about collaterals. Uh, absolutely not. That's that if they come, if they come, they came. If, but I just want to do job. That's my. I my think the mother. I think our primary job is glossed over a lot mm-hmm. when it comes to hey, is this person good at what they do, or and, and like in ranking boards and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Was was actually look at their proficiency. Mm-hmm. Can this person be tasked out and go to the field or deploy and be competent? Or can this person see a patient panel and be competent? Yeah. Not, uh, I did 17 hours of community service. Cool. <laughs> I, I have mixed feelings about volunteer service. Yeah. There, you can't, there's nothing negative about doing volunteer. Oh, service. Absolutely not. Never. I love doing it. That's a should Star Wars it, character. Should it be the thing that tells the board that you're better than me? No. no, no, no. I'm in the military. I'm here to do patient care. Yeah. You could say it's good for character. Absolutely. Like it shows good ethic. Yeah. Leave it at that. <laughs> that's that's uh, it. <laughs> was, was, he's a good dude. Yeah. You know? That's nice. Cool. Cool. No, he's better than that person because he did. You know, he, he volunteered his time at his kid's soccer practice as the coach. That's awesome. How many patients did he take care of? None. Oh, no, he, cool. he had to leave early uh, a few <laughs> days a week. Yeah. I think that's getting better. I think I don't think it's that bad anymore. Uh, but I may be separated from reality a little bit. Yeah. I'm in a building with a bunch of seasoned, grown adults. That's that's a thing that we can have. That's that exists, <laughs> and we all come to work, do our job, and go home. That's crazy, man. To be a part of that world, <laughs> I hear resentment. Okay, no, 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 no. I, I dig it. I dig it. I, it'll get there at some point. That's a part of the whole swimming against the current. I had I done the things I was supposed to on a timely manner, surely I could have been somewhere else. It is. It is funny if you just go with the flow things kind of play out for you just fine. Correct. I learned that, which is but a learning experience. The question is, is that flow appropriate? Um, I, I, didn't, I don't want to open the faucet all the way. So just a little trickle flow. That's fine. Cause if you, <laughs> if you do apply yourself at work and do volunteer and go to school, things come easy. That's fair. Yeah. Very true. And get your qual on time. That's, that's that's that sounds personal. Ouch! No. <laughs> uh, yeah. One hundred percent. I'm I'm all honesty here. <laughs> you waited too long. I did, and that's I mean no one to blame but myself. I did it to myself. It wasn't my leadership. It wasn't the guy next to me. It was me, and I. We knew that, and we tried to talk you out of that. Yeah. Or talk you into understanding that. Yeah. A lot of times it's a you problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about you specifically, but no, that's a, yeah. That's most a, people are just they just don't want to do it. And I blame somebody else, and not that's not that's not the game I play. I know. Yeah. Some people do like to blame. <laughs> Absolutely. I was at a I was at a board the other day, final board, and this guy comes in, and we're like, "Why? Why are we a day before your dink date? Why are we doing this?" And the guy's like, "Well, I don't really have any excuses, but like, oh. but okay, <laughs> okay." He's like, uh, "I didn't really like how the program was running." I was like. I swivel my head and like I think I think it's my program. Yeah. I think it's the program I'm running. I mean, delegated, right? Yes. Yeah. And I was like, that's funny you say that. 
you're talking, he's like, there's some changes with the class and how we couldn't get our PQS signed by going to the class. And I was like, all right, now that you wasted 10 minutes of our time <laughs> throwing out excuses, I'm going to waste 10 minutes of your time explaining to you something that I don't need to explain to you because it's none of your business. But I think it would help you understand. Uh, It's like when I took this program over, it was being run with no integrity. People were getting pins and PQS signatures without any efforts. So I had to change stuff. So I changed the way the class was done Mm -hmm. and I took away the test. I, I, I made sure, or I first tried to have the PQS signed before you go to the class so that we could administer the test mm-hmm, because that. it's a prerequisite yep. and we stopped signing, signing books off at a class. Yes. Me lecturing you on information doesn't mean you're competent in that information. Certainly. Obviously that's basic logic, right? Yeah. So why are we doing that? So I changed it. And then I found out people didn't want to, people didn't like not getting things without effort. So I was like, well, I still need people to come to my class because I, need, I still need to be giving this information out. Yeah. So I just took the test away and anybody can come. No tests, no signatures. You have to go get that on your own. It's a you problem. Yeah. And we're going to provide you the information to have a basic knowledge of the book. Certainly, yeah. I said, so that's why things change. That's why we run it a certain way. Now let's proceed with your final board. <laughs> can we begin now? <laughs> can we begin now? And... Of course, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, makes sense. Of course. Of course it makes sense. It also makes sense to not worry about it and just accept it. Well, pick your pick your words wisely before you start throwing blame. Yeah. Make sure the person you're talking about isn't in front of you. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he what the sad thing was he killed his final board flawless one of the best ones I've seen nice and like you spent two years not doing that and then <laughs> you come here at the day before your dink day and you pass it with flying colors and so much that I would I want you to be a coordinator <laughs> but if I if I make you a coordinator then I just told the whole command you can get your pin at the last second and be a coordinator yeah well, now we're in a predicament, aren't we? Yes. And then that person got sent to a clinic where he's the only FMF, like, or he's like one of the only FMF qualified people at that clinic. Wow. So he has to be my coordinator. Certainly. And that puts me in a really bad spot. Yeah. I don't like it. That's. I don't like being backed in the corner. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dang. Wow. All right, so yeah, you yeah. you basically did quad zero stuff, mm-hmm. and you came to a greenside unit and did kind of like admin, just waiting around to get tasked out. Mm-hmm. You got tasked out for COVID stuff, which mm-hmm. is cool. I, I also got tasked out for <laughs> something, but a different location. Yeah. And at, at what? Well, I want to talk about two things. At what point did you want to go? You decided to go to C school, and then at what point did you? What what was the issue with you not getting your FMF pin? Okay, we'll tackle the the FMF pin part. Um, it was like I kept butting heads with it. I I saw no purpose on it, um, and I as as a character flaw, um, I don't want to do something that I don't feel doesn't matter. That's not a character flaw. I've I mean dependent, I guess, because it it mattered. It's just I saw that I didn't. 
but <laughs> but if the program's not being ran with integrity with with purpose and it doesn't have if you if you see a program that doesn't scream quality mm-hmm. maybe it ain't worth it even I, though it is a basic requirement of the military yes so yes you are right it is required mm-hmm. it is important but if you have a problem with how it's ran i could see where you're like this doesn't you're you're saying that it wasn't a quality program or a quality pin to get that the pin. Yes. The program. I mean, it was, I think, I guess the same because you just have to pretty much memorize and give it back on the murder board. Um, that was, that was my difficult part. It's like, I can't, I don't see myself focusing on this because that's, the, the pin is not going to do anything for me. Okay. Although, now, okay. So it is a you problem. Yes, absolutely. Okay, 100%. I hear, like, I hear you now. Yeah. 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 No, no, that's nothing to do with the program because I mean, we've been together for, a while um and it's been i guess the same um i just i saw no point in which in reality it does it does matter a lot um career wise and um as as a person like you see that you're like oh that that guy but if you're missing something else though too i mean and i didn't realize this till recently mm-hmm. so master a master chief in this area came by and gave us a, a lecture on the history of the pen mm-hmm. and all this good stuff and, and one of the questions he asked us was like, do you think it should be required by everybody or required period? And he's like, you can, you can say yes or no. And I was like, I don't think it does. I don't think it should be required. I have changed my idea on that or my opinion based off what he said. He said that other qual or other warfare qualifications there, when you get qualified in, you know, surface or air, it doesn't mean you can do your job. You're not a war. It doesn't mean you're a war fighter, Mm. but in the FMF community, if you're not FMF qualified, you don't know those basic combat skills. You don't know those basic field uh, skills. Certainly. And if you are qualified and you're at a MOG or, Air Warfare Command, if you're if you're FMF qualified, we know that you have basic warfare warfighter capabilities. And you can be tasked out with any unit under MF, right? Certainly. And be competent. Somewhat. Yeah. You know the basic core requirements of the Marine Corps. You know how the Marine Corps is structured. So in our community, FMF, yes. it should be required because if you do get it and when you get it, mm-hmm. You're competent enough to go work pretty much anywhere and be a basic warfighter. Certainly. I that makes sense. That makes sense. Yes. So that's yeah, that's why I changed my For the pin I mean, yes, view I, on that. The, the other pins would you could say the same because you have to go and, and learn what the red knob does and the whatever the green knob may do in this pipe. Um when I yeah, when the to like counter that you know, for surface warfare, it's, it's a lot of DC type stuff. Yes, damage control. You're learning how to keep the ship alive and the boat alive mm-hmm. and protect people. Yes. But it's not required. Surface is not required. In, in fact, it's not, you're not eligible until you're a certain rank. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. Unless you are like an E4 with like back to back EPs or some other weird, you know, call or requirements. Mm-hmm. You're not even, because they say getting your surface warfare qualification doesn't 
make you good at your job. Okay. Which is true. In a way. But that's no different than us. Like my my specific day to day job isn't what a division corpsman does. Okay, yeah. It isn't what you do. Yeah. You know? So how does the FMF pin say I'm it to now I think it just means I'm part of a community and I can be placed just about anywhere mm-hmm. and figure it out. Yeah, you got the, the the basic like you can be proficient and know the, the small you you got the base layer to be able to build. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but the other points you're making, yeah, it from an LPO perspective, mm-hmm. I think it tells me you're able to do something you don't want and do something that's hard because it's the right thing to do or it's a requirement and you should do it. 100%. Now, who who precedences it to be a requirement and you know, and make it a something you should do? Yeah. Man, that's not our job. That's fair. Yeah. But here I am. I did it. Late. Oh, is it really late? Cuz I re-signed up. Well, so, you went dink. Yes. But the, re-enrolled. Right. And then passed. So with through the re-enrollment, I I, I was just in time. <laughs> What do you mean? Oh, yeah. The dink that has you, passed. That's... You qualified in time on your second re- <laughs> second enrollment. Yes. <laughs> and hey, you're just because you don't get it or you go dink doesn't mean you're a dirtbag. Sometimes it does. Yes. If But you, which makes it even more so an accomplishment, you chose to take that, you know, negative page 13, flip it around and go accomplish it, which tells you you have some character aspects that I like. Yeah. You know? And some some character development, some growth. Course correction, as some, <laughs> as, as some will say. Yes, yes, yes. You 180'd. Yeah. About faced. Yes. Well, look at that. Yeah. Okay, so you just saw that you didn't think it would help you at all. Not whatsoever. I, I Maybe it doesn't help you at all in your current role. But it has. And I th- I will agree with you because you did get tasked out, right? <laughs> yeah. So you were in the platoons, but then you got tasked out to something else. We won't say what it was. Mm-hmm. And then you also got deployed yeah. out of there and you probably worked with other entities of the Marine Corps. Correct. And it probably, I'm willing to bet it, the pin information helped. It did. Understand stuff. Um, during during the, the task out, um, had a lot of downtime to just sit, sit down, read and understand on my own. Um, no distractions. Uh the other elements being a part of it, all integrated in what the book teaches. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely put everything into perspective, a, di- a different method of, of learning the material. So you found out how you learn. Yes. And so your first like couple of years here, you didn't really have purpose. And we could tell. Yeah. Right. And except for that COVID tasker, you felt you had fun there. Absolutely. Then you came back and there was a bunch of dwell time. Mm-hmm. Mm, didn't like it. No. We got tasked to the hospital to do some rotations there. Yeah. Did I, you have fulfillment there? I enjoyed that, yes. I, I was, remember you you perked up Yes, <laughs> for a few months. You perked up. <laughs> and then you got more dwell time and then got tasked out. Mm-hmm. Did going on the deployment and doing you know, patient care and whatnot, mm-hmm. did that re-spark? 100%. Because I, I remember you, when you came back, you are like, it was a great time. Yeah. Um that's yes, absolutely. Uh, this particular, I, I was it like a humanitarian type stuff. In a way, 
in a way. Um, kind of, and, and building the blocks in case something happens real world. There was a training for that. So uh, training, but also you dealt you dealt with real patient care. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was amazing because uh, I, in my uh, point of view, I went above and beyond what a, a corpsman is required because um, I was I could do the basic field work, take care of a patient. But now you do that somewhere where the language may not be predominantly English. Um, and the, and the Navy doesn't know that I know Spanish, like in, on paper in my admin work, it doesn't say mm-hmm. qualified in Spanish. It doesn't have that little yeah, test yeah, out, yeah. but I, I'm very fluent in Spanish. Um, and to be able to utilize that to, to lead my team, to teach them, to help through whatever scenario, whatever questions anybody else had to answer, whatever, to, to be the guy now that, that felt amazing. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> it was awesome. I wish I would have got to do some more. Well, I, I did like a humanitarian task mm-hmm. and it was more of a type two fun, but like it sucked at, it sucked when we were there. Yeah. But looking back, I can see the importance, the fulfillment that it actually gave. Absolutely. So you, that. you went, you used your Spanish skills, mm-hmm. Spanish speaking skills. Indeed. See, si. see, si. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hold on. Duolingo. I'm learning <laughs> Spanish right now. Terrific. I'm like 12% fluent. <laughs> That's really good. That's more than a no percent. No, I, I made it up. Uh, when I, I tried to do it like a, a year or so ago, it said I was 46% fluent in Spanish and I could say, I, I couldn't say a single sentence. <laughs> Duolingo, it's the way to go. I like it. <laughs> uh, well, I recently went to Quebec okay. and it's French speaking. Oh. And it was very difficult because mm-hmm. in tourist areas, it was very... It, Everybody spoke English because the rest of Canada speaks English. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, they had to, a lot of the, surprisingly, the older population knew more English than the younger population, Hmm. which I found odd. Yeah. But when you move, when you get, when we would go out of the touristy areas and get more into the like regular everyday people who live there. Mm -hmm. Like in town. Like in town. They didn't speak much English. So I would go to a place and I'd be like to order food or something and they're like no English <laughs> croissant that's it that's all you need yes uh, <laughs> and it, it was funny because they would, they would you know they, they would say bonjour or whatever and you'd be like bonjour and then they were like oh he speaks French, oh. French. and then they just they would start spouting out a, a, you know, a phrase in French and you're like no 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 English, English. yes um. <laughs> hey, the what I'm getting at is the language barrier thing mm-hmm. is very real and that, I mean, that happened too, where we went, a lot of, uh, my comrades would say the basic hellos and buenos dias. And I was like, Oh, wait a minute. And then try to get in. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get my feet wet. Yeah. <laughs> like when I did the humanitarian thing, it, they spoke, um, three different languages from their region and wow. that was very difficult. Yeah. So people who were English speaking of the population, the patient population, they mm-hmm. would, they would help translate. Okay. But the military also brought in linguists. Don't ever call them interpreters. They hate <laughs> oh, that. Okay. I call this like I this E eight um, Air Force guy. He's a he's a linguist. He he comes in. I was like, oh, so you're our interpreter? He's like, no, 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 no. Let's get this straight. <laughs> Fix yourself. Oh, jeez. Uh, you're. I'm a linguist. Okay. All right, there. <laughs> I was like, all right, I don't like you. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna make it my. No, I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. I can't trying to make his day worse <laughs> uh they were busy yeah they were busy on that, that that tasker because it was not and we needed multiple ones because 
uh, interpreters because not all of them spoke all three dialects. Yikes. Yeah, so moving on, you mm-hmm. you you should be coming back to us at some point, I guess. Um, right? Are you getting tasked back to through, us? Through the grapevine sometime soon, yes. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay, but you're, <laughs> you're, you're going to come back to our organic command. Yes. And then you're like uh, about to be out the door, right? Correct. Which, again, you know, you, you came here, had no fulfillment, uh, got over that couple couple hurdles there, went dink. Mm-hmm. Got your pen, got select. Or oh, actually, you got selected for C school orders, then got your pen, mm-hmm. and now you're leaving here. I would say above average, right? Not 100, yes. It, but you came here as an E4, right? Negative. No, okay. So you made rank here too, mm-hmm. before it's automatic, which <laughs> I won't speak about. Um, <laughs> the, okay. the different topic, yeah. Different topic, different episode. <laughs> uh, so you you're gonna you're, you came here on a low note and you're leaving on a high note. Correct. That says something about your character, and uh, I hope you bring I hope you keep it going. Uh, it, with your C school, shoot, I don't even know if staying in is the right <laughs> idea. Do your ten and get out. You know, maybe. Yeah. Do your ten and go reserves and keep doing both jobs on the in, yeah. inside out. But uh, for audience purposes, you, you got you know respiratory C school orders, Correct. which is one of the best ones. Star bonuses. Uh, I, I'd assume you did some OJT in that beforehand. Lightly. No. I, I don't know if I could handle the stress level of doing respiratory. It, it could be high speed. It's very um, critical. Very, mm-hmm. It's a very critical care type yes, scenario. Absolutely. Definitely if you're doing trauma cases, mm-hmm. which is the only time I ever saw them. They would come down, you know, ventilate patients. I'm like, this is hardcore. Hardcore. <laughs> this is high speed for respiratory techs. Yes. You know? um, but, I mean, the, the, the people that would that were in the hospital, um, they dug it. They were like, this is, I mean, it doesn't happen often. Sure. Um, but the, the, fulfill, the fulfillment of, of being able to assist the patient and th- that's in that kind of s- state is direct. Yeah. I mean, it's almost, it's almost, uh, immediate response. Absolutely. And so then, you get to have that feedback, which is going to directly affect your fulfillment. Absolutely. A hundred percent. That's that, that's, that's mostly what I'm looking for. Um, to be able to help somebody make it. So yeah. That's kind of cool. Uh, what's, what's your plans with that? Uh, well, actually, before that, what is, uh, can you walk me through what a respiratory respiratory tech does on a day-to-day basis? Uh, sure. Outside uh, the trauma stuff, because we just spoke about I mean, that's pretty much it. They'll, they'll go, uh, the, the people while I was OJTing, um, they'll be assigned certain patients in certain areas, and they'll make sure that the machine is still working, whatever filters need to turn out, change out. Uh, machine maintenance, um, uh, tracheal cleaning if they need to, like maintenance on that too. Yeah. Um, and then just upkeep through that patient every few hours through the 12 hour shift. Um, if something like whatever code it is, then a trauma, whatever uh, comes in, be there to be able to respond. If the doctor doesn't need them, just go back to the office, just wait. So there's a lot of checking in on patients. Absolutely. Unless it's a trauma where you, it's like direct need to act Absolutely. Because, I mean, you, you got to continuous check um, how the oxygen levels are going, uh, if anything, any of the levels are going up and down to be able to adjust the machine um, throughout. So you're not really sitting on patients much. Mm-mm. It's more of a check. Make sure everything's good. Levels are good. Make everything's a note, clean. Come back. Come back in what? A cup, two, three hours. Two, three. Okay. So it's, but you have a list of patients. Correct. Per day. And mm-hmm. you have to go just round table check them. Pretty much. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Is there any outpatient type stuff or is that mostly inpatient? 
mostly inpatient. Not, not nothing that they were dealing with. I mean, if, I, if I'm coming in to get a little ventilator treatment, that would be uh, kind of weird. Yeah, that was. Hey, can I get some oxygen real quick? Yeah, no, I just need to go outside. I'm just here for my blood pressure check. <laughs> I mean, let's check it out. Uh, all right, I think that's great. Uh, I'm glad to see you go do better things. Appreciate that. Appreciate you were you were there for the for the ride. So it was awesome. Oh, you know, I was there to remind you of your sidetracking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I need you to get back on track with the Star Wars. I need you oh, to, I need yeah. you. To. That's been kind of rough. Like I've, I've been playing other video games like Baldur's Gate and things. Um, yeah, but I'll get back on it because I got to watch Rebels for sure. I recently just watched like the last two seasons. Okay, because I was on vacation, I had plenty of time, no kids. Yeah, uh, I think that kind of helps. But the guy I told you about on YouTube, mm-hmm. he kind of gives like short video references and kind of fills you in. So why is it that you mentioned it was take like four months? Is, is that there that many episodes or aren't they like 20 minutes? They're like 20 minutes, but well, yeah, you don't have kids. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And a 96 coming up very soon. Yeah. You could probably, you could <laughs> probably go through in a couple weeks then. Yeah. I said four months because like if I was to try to watch episodes, it'd have to be like nine, 10 o'clock at night. And I'm only going to get in like two or three episodes if force. I binge it, <laughs> you know, if I force it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, I ask this to every guest, but what is your, I I say charge, but what I'm saying is, what is your advice to the newcomer on the block? The the guy, the HA that just checked into our command, what are you going to tell him? It sounds cliche, but just make the best of it. Make make it yours. Um, Don't let someone else's, like, perspective change yours too much. Um, take it with a grain of salt because someone's bad day is not going to be your bad day. Um, put your best foot forward and the following step should be another best uh, good foot. Just keep walking forward. Don't stop. Just be as positive as you can be. Positive. Positivity. I like it. All right. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you and for I having me. I wish you uh, good endeavors. Appreciate that. It's, it's going to be great.